Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Ready? Yes, we've started. <laughs> Another blistering start. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Episode 18 of Rugby Jubbly. Hal Crumpton here. How are you, Dan Skinny Skinner? Yes, Dan Skinny Skinner. I am getting skinnier, actually. Really? I'm doing my exercises. Yeah, the weight's falling off. So I'm good. I'm fine. I'm happy. And Excellent. it's been a wonderful, wonderful weekend of rugby. It was a good week. Honestly, I've got a real sense of anger about this weekend. Oh, yeah. Not because of the rugby or anything. Right. It's because mm. I began to see me, and maybe you, as rugby pundits, as we were actually going to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. I was so totally wrong on the way every bit of the game went that I kind of just, of of all the games, I sort of throw my hands in the air and go, what's the point? I mean, my wife (laughs) nearly peed herself the other day. She came and stood in front of the telly annoying me and I went, will you get out of the way? I'm a rugby pundit. I actually said it in a moment of anger. I was there with my notepad. Uh, 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 I'm working. I'm working here. Thank I you. I was. I literally did that. And she went, ah, ah, ah. She was so yeah, hysterical. Why was she hysterical? Because you told her to move. Because it's just so funny because I said I was a rugby pundit. I'm a rugby pundit that has to analyse the games with a baby in my arms, mm. a five-year-old running around and cooking pots and pans going all at the same time. So I don't think any other rugby pundits have to put up with that. You're probably taking exactly the right approach. Well, I'm a fan. I was watching the Wales-France coverage and you look at Martin Johnson, mm. his prediction was utterly wrong. Yeah. He said, if Wales can hold on to the last 20, that's when they'll take France. It was the reverse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody played like they're meant to play. I know. What annoyed me is there's a slightly part of me going, what is the point of us trying to make any predictions or say any teams or anything yeah. when everything's just bollocks? I mean, this Six Nations in particular has... I mean, it's been all over the place. It's been, mm. it, it, I was having a chat yesterday with somebody trying to pick a Lions team off the back of this Six Nations. It's a bit tough. You know, Wales, let's be honest, right? Wales got lucky. I mean, they got lucky. I mean, they were there. Sorry, John, producer. Well, they got lucky, then they got unlucky. Yeah. They played brilliantly against France, I thought. Scotland haven't, I mean, apart from the England game, they have failed to produce in every other game. Mm-hmm. Ireland, inconsistent, don't really know where they are. England, all over the place. Italy, are sadly not worth talking about. And France, they look brilliant. They look brilliant. Yeah. But they just can't, you know, there's certain games, you can't quite close them out. But they will. They will, they will get there. So trying to pick a Lions team off the back of this, it won't look anything like the Lions team we picked <laughs> 
pre-tournament. I warned you. I warned you with your Lions picks that you were being far too English and one-eyed. <laughs> the Ireland-England thing, I'm such a downbeat person about England. I always think England are going to lose, like I think Sarri's going to lose, because I'm a coward emotionally in life and I need to prepare myself for loss. Yeah, you don't want to commit. Yeah, so I always need to prepare to lose. But I did say the Irish would be licking their lips at this. Mm. I actually thought Ireland were fantastic. Mm. Well, Ireland was so... They hardly made any mistakes. They were so canny. It was so annoying. I said Ireland are on the slide at the beginning of this Six Nations and Ireland have gone the other way. I think Ireland are one of the big success stories. They've got better. Have they? I think so. Have they? I definitely think so. Ireland are a lot better. I just think it's so hard to judge the Six Nations. It's just a massive inconsistency. Like There's been more away victories than I think any other Six Nations because there's no crowd, obviously, so it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. And I don't know. It just seems like for every game... You don't know which side's going to turn up. I think Ireland have been steady. I think they have turned things around. And our favourite Keith Earls scored a great try, by the way. Yeah, I know. It was a good try. We like him. He's got to be a lion now. But what about Tagba? You've got to look now. Tagba, li- he's played himself in. I thought he was amazing. He did canny, clever, annoying little things. He actually got Maro Atoje offside once by just grabbing him and putting him offside in front of his own player. Mm. And he did it. It was just... Ireland was so smart. Yeah. Also, James Ryan was out. Yeah. They were missing Ringrose, weren't they? Yeah, Ringrose. Stockdale looked good. That's the thing. So Ireland, I think, were incredibly, like, on it. Just incredibly good. But also, I think England... I really did think this is gone after about 30 minutes because you could start to see the cycle of mm. as soon as England are in a game and the referee is pinging them the whole time and they're it I sort know, of shatters every bit of forward momentum. Something goes wrong or they, or they get penalised for something. Do you think they just feel under pressure? They feel under pressure, so they just try a bit too hard and then they start giving penalties away. I think there's a lot of pressure on England, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, Eddie Jones has said, we want them to be the greatest side the world has ever seen. I mean, that's quite a lot of pressure to heap on a side's shoulders, isn't it? And also, how much does it bother them? They say they love it. They say, I mean, every team that has got a target on its back. Every Saracens team has a target on its back, women and men's. Every England team has a target on its back. I mean, you see the tweets where people go, you're rubbish at rugby, England are crap. But you don't feel that, though, do you? I mean, like, if you turn up at a stadium and there's no crowds there, you don't you don't feel like there's a target on your back. You don't feel like there's a crowd on your back you can resist or you can push well, against. I don't know. They must read a bit of the media. They must read comments under articles and, oh, the English, they're arrogant. and they think Yeah, they're... but it's not the same reading something and actually feeling 50,000 people on your back. Yeah. And Ireland were under pressure because nobody's ever been sure about Andy Farrell and they yeah. feel that this is the Andy Farrell moment. This is the turnaround. I like Andy Farrell in interviews. Yeah. I really like him. He's so calm and he's got a smile on his face and he's enigmatic. And they say, you don't, four losses on the bounce. Why is this game any different? Mm. And then Andy Farrell just looks and goes, because it's a different game, Sal. Yeah. It's a different game. It's a new game. And it's just very calm and composed and he must instill that in his players. I mean, they had a bad Six Nations last year, didn't they? Ireland. It wasn't a very good one. No. I just remember the England games. We beat them very comfortably. I think they won like a couple of games. Yeah. And then Wales had a terrible Six Nations last year, right? Yeah. Now, England have had this appalling Six Nations and everyone's going, there shouldn't be a single England player in the Lions side, right? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have written off the entire Welsh team last year after they had their bad Six Nations. No. You just wouldn't do that. It's just, it's madness. Yeah, so there is a different level of pressure. And when Warren Gatland picks some English players, there will be, oh, the English get... Because it's just, it's all based on these old-fashioned, annoying national stereotypes. 
that people put into rugby because deep down, this is my theory, everybody outside England sees Englishmen as princes <laughs> sitting on white horses at the rear of a battle holding a handkerchief going, kill them all and their wives and children. Yeah, and they've got the most money. Exactly. There's just this assumption of they're superior, they get away with stuff, they're born with privilege, and that's what comes into rugby. So every England side is, oh, they get all these things. I was like, oh, we invented the game, How We invented the bloody game. Exactly. I'm too emotional about England games. I remember them less. Certainly in the first 20 minutes, we managed the line-out brilliantly. Mm. We were mixing it up and like really inventive and, you know, because Paul O'Connor, is clearly an excellent line-out operator for, yeah. for Ireland, you know, and we we really, really did a job early there. And I thought, oh, we're on it, man. We're switched on. We're looking like we're going forwards. You know, I think we're going to be okay here. And the first, all right, and, and that Keith Earls try that came early, mm. I thought, all right, that's a little bit against the run of play almost. He sort of interception, line break, what have you. And I thought, oh, yeah, we'll be all right. And then it just slipped away from us. It just slipped away from us. But I felt when the penalties were starting at scrum time, I did go, oh, they're not going to be able to change. Mako had a bad day, didn't he? To be clear about this, I think we would have lost by 30 points if Bundiaki hadn't been sent off for that tackle. Mm. This was a big thrashing. Mm. We only scored tries when they were down to 14 men. I know. I, I just Emotionally, we just weren't up for it, were we? we just, no. We just couldn't get up for it. And maybe it would have been better if that hadn't, if that sending off hadn't happened and England had been beaten by 30 points. Well, they're not going to go... Well, yeah, but we, we did score 18 points. Yeah. No. yeah they're not going to be in training. They're not gonna... No, but a 30-point <laughs> thrashing is more powerful a statement than a 14-point thrashing. Yeah, but that's how they will see it, won't they? They'll see it that they got thrashed in Dublin. Yeah. You know, their whole performance, that's how they'll be. They, they won't be taking any positives out of getting a lucky try at the end when they were down to, like, 14 men. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought. I must admit, are you surprised by the speed of the Eddie Jones should go thing? No, absolutely not. This is the problem I always had with him. Because he's not liked, because he's said nasty things and all the rest, and he's not been doing it so much recently, I admit. But he has done the, oh, you put rep poison in their ears and all that mm. weird stuff. I like him, just for the record. No, but I think loads of people just turn like that. Oh, but that's what is... Look, the whole game is so emotional. I'm on a rugby WhatsApp group mm. and everyone is saying, that's it, get Rob Baxter in. Oh, yeah. You know, there shouldn't be a single England player in the Lions squad. <laughs> and if there is one, it should just be like Scotland of, you know, in the past, it should just be a token England player. And, and I want to go... England were in the last World Cup final. Yeah. They won the last Six Nations. They won the Autumn Nations Cup. They've had a bad Six Nations. But last week, they beat France at home. Last week, they beat a really good French team. For some reason, they have not performed this Six Nations, for whatever reason. But it's not terminal. Mm. You know, there's too many excellent players in the team. You know, you don't become a bad player or a bad team over the course of a Six Nations. It's just... You know, it, it will it will turn it around, and I don't know. It just frustrates me. He's he's a proven excellent coach. Oh no, I, I you see. I do think he's a good coach. I always wanted him in the years when it was unfashionable to say he should resign, and I kept saying he should resign because he's not good yeah, for rugby. Now you're saying he should be given another contract. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm not. I'm saying yes, he probably should go. I get annoyed by following the crowd, so I immediately. So oh, I have so been telling. Oh, do you think he should go? Oh, I think he probably should. <laughs> But not for the reasons I was saying before. I think his behaviour's improved. I don't think he says so many horrible things. But this is for just rugby reasons. I think he has run out of ideas, but I think it's just a bit sour. I'd love to see Pat Lamb leave Bristol and, go, and then coach England. But I know that's dodgy to have somebody unproven at international level. Yeah. This is a point I want to get on to later on with Italy, because I would love to see 
as I said, I know it was a joke. I'd love to see Eddie Jones leave England and take over at Italy. Because yeah, Italy, no, everyone's going, oh, the str- can we, should we move on to actually Scotland, Italy? Okay. It is time to get angry about Italy. Oh, and it's really? not because of structural problems in the game. Yeah, it's time to, no, but, no not angry. <laughs> Finally. No, no right. not, no, not everyone, angry. Everyone, Hal says it's time, so this is, this is now said, the time. No, but the you fact s- that I've been calling for this for the last, like, two months... But no. You've been saying no. kick him out the Six Nations. Oh, it's structural problems in Italian rugby. No, I'm angry. About, well, I'm not angry. I feel sorry for them. I pity. They need to fire their coach. Fire Franco Smith. The coach isn't good enough. Oh, they can't keep firing coaches. No. They, they had but- Conor O'Shea. He's a good coach. They had John Kerwin. They've had some South... They had Brendan Venter. They had a combination of, like... South African coaches and... But when were they good? They've tried everything. No, but I've seen a common theme <sighs> and it's an idiotic point but could be true, OK? All right, you've identified something. Pierre Berbizier was their coach. Nick Mallet was their coach. These were the times they were winning odd games. They'd win one in the Six Nations. The odd game. You need someone with big international experience to go into Italy and someone who's massive on defence because they should just be going defence, 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 defence for the next six months. You know what Eddie Jones will say? What? He will say, we don't have the players, mate. We just don't have the players to compete at this level. We don't have them. No, but he'll enjoy himself. The pressure will be off. Eddie Jones will have come from the England job where he's had so much shit. And I bet you, if Eddie, jo- I mean, it won't happen. But it, oh god, wouldn't it be amazing if it does? Eddie Jones is a winner. He's a winner. He wants to win. If we get this right and he does get fired or leave and then goes and joins Italy, <laughs> and I've predicted it all. I don't want him to get fired or leave. I just, just for the record. I promise you Eddie Jones could sneak some wins for Italy. Their defence, <laughs> there's moments in this, this Scotland team mm. were weakened. They had bloody Stuart Hogg at 10. The people playing out of position, they had their fifth choice hooker or something who will score twice. Yeah, and they still smashed them. This is the only time I'll get really angry with Italy. They should be totally ashamed that this was their biggest loss. This is what I mean. That Scotland team were not settled, they were depressed, and they also had players out. How? This is what I'm saying, right? Even against a depressed Scottish team with fifth choice hooker and players playing out of position all over the place, mm. right... Italy couldn't put a glove on them, couldn't land a blow, right? They started well. They did score the first try, remember? Yeah, and he put in, and what's his name? Ioni put a lovely tackle in. Yes. That's the only bit of the game I remember, <laughs> right? The Italian psyche must just be on the floor. The self-confidence, the lack of belief, all of those things that are an integral part of winning an international rugby game mm. must be completely, they're just not there for Italy at all. And I, my issue is I have no idea how they can begin to build any of that stuff. Those are the foundations. You have to believe you can win. Now, how can you go and play Scotland with, like, you know, players all over the place and out of position or what have you, mm. and how can you have any belief that you can win? I mean, they may go and play Georgia and go, I think we can do this one. But they're not going to have the belief that they can win any of their Six Nations game, and I don't know how you can turn that around, no matter what coach you've got. I think I could go and do a better job than Franco Smith. You could play fly half and probably get a game for Italy. Uh, no, no, I really... Seriously, I'm... Scrum half. The idea of playing rugby scares me so much with my knees at the moment. It's just a poor... Anyway, and I'm 51. What are we talking about? But if the knees were OK. <laughs> but if the knees, knees have been OK. <laughs> The knee problem is psychological as well, so it takes me away. It, I don't play at the top level. Yeah, that's what I'm gathering. <laughs> None of this knee stuff may have ever happened. <laughs> no, but honestly, they scored the first try. Biji scored that try. They're 7-0 up. They obviously knew. They did go in going, right, we can get them. And then the only one that tackles with aggression is the guy that got the yellow card, Ioni. Yeah, Ioni. Yeah, he did do that tip tackle on Hog. 
But those hits that every other nation does in the Six Nations now, everybody defends like that. They just don't do They just soak it and people seem to run through. It's no coincidence that he is their only Pacific Islands player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But when they talk to Franco Smith, he's very, well, you know, it's tough and we're a very young team. We're building with it. He doesn't seem to mention what's glaringly obvious, which, I mean, I saw in the Welsh game. What is the glaring obvious? The defence. Look, I know it's obvious to everybody about defence, but it's so important. Italy are not a terrible attacking team. They can attack. They can do that. They just don't defend on the same level as any other team in the Six Nations. They can't attack. They stand so deep that by the time the centre gets the ball, they're five metres behind the gain line. That's true. That's not good attack. Yeah. That's not good attack. Garbisi actually ran off a tackle. It was, it was like almost a fear thing. When George North broke through, this is two weeks ago, last week, Yeah. George North broke through and ran past Garbisi. Garbisi was close enough to make a tackle and didn't. I don't want to go, take it back to me. That was like me playing under-14s going, ooh, He's a big boy. Yeah. He's a big okay, boy running through the that. middle. And I've never seen that at international level. No. You just think, you ran off the tackle. You did, you slightly, you know. This, this. That's what I mean about, that's the psychological edge. That's the bit where you go, oh, he's going to score anyway. I'll just let him score. God, I, it's so hard to sort of judge international players because it's such a tough game to play. Mm. But, you know, it, it's hard to think that an international rugby player would have a mindset like that. It's so obviously one part of the game. They do have some, they can throw it about a bit. They can put moves together. And once Eddie gets in as coach, or whatever it becomes, I think he will pick massive tacklers. He will... Eddie would want assurances that if he was their coach, then the culture of the Italian game was going <laughs> to improve. Like he'd he he'd would... want assurances that I'm not horrible about him anymore as well. Yeah, he'd uh... certainly want those assurances, <laughs> and I can't give him those, right? <laughs> But he would want assurances that the game in Italy is in a good place Mm. because the foundations have to be in place in the country for the Italian national side to perform at any sort of competitive level. And I feel awful saying this stuff about rugby players because I'm not an international rugby player. Mm. There was never any chance of me being one. But I just think, going back to having spoken to Dan Leo like last week and just mm. all those wonderful players and all those wonderful teams in the South Sea, you know, in the, in the Pacific and, mm. you know, those Pacific Island teams that can't get into international competition. And we have Italy every year that gets spanked by every single team by massively as well, like, like 25, But it's, this points. has been a particularly bad year. This has been a particularly bad year. They haven't won the last 30 Six Nations games. You only play five games a year. They need internationally experienced coach who's played with the top level players. They need to really shell out. They need to buy a really good coach. And people seem to be talking, oh, structural Italian rugby. But why? I feel awful because I'm calling for Franco Smith to lose his job. He'll get another one. He's a very good coach, I'm sure. But he was like cheaters, wasn't he? In um, yeah. whatever they called thingy in South Africa. He's not an international coach or wasn't before this. I just think you've got to get a brilliant coach, get a brilliant defence coach, pay them huge amounts of money. And there's a way of making Italy competitive. They'll only win the odd game still, but they won't annoy you so much. I spoke to someone the other day because I was concerned about the Italian rugby ratings on TV and what they look like. And um, this guy said to me, look, in this order, this is the sporting priorities in Italy. Mm. Number one, it's motorcycling. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the thing they love the most, right? Mm. Football, obviously. Cycling, yeah. I think, is up there. And then I think rugby comes in at like fourth or fifth, something like that. Yeah. So why would they invest that much money in a sport that is fairly low down in the pecking order? of priorities of Italian people. Because that's the same in, like, Australia as well. Australia is 
AFL and cricket. And the... Yeah, and they're struggling. Yeah, they are struggling, but they're better than Italy and they're a smaller nation. I think it is, has potential and it was so good in the past. Yeah, I just... it's, the, Australia have also got a recognised league in which the Super Rugby League, regardless of how well the international side is playing, mm. the Super Rugby League is an incredibly competitive environment yeah. for any rugby player. It is true. Italy don't have anything. I mean, we talk about Welsh clubs not performing very well, but then Italy is always seems a bit of a buy for everybody, isn't it? Any of those teams that they play. Yeah. Zebra. It is. I mean, every game you play against an Italian side, you must just go, oh, good. You don't have to do anything that week. Yeah, but Lovely. the thing is, my point is, it's not that big a gap. It is at the moment, How This is awful to be calling for this. It's about individuals. It it's about individuals. It- and it, Franco Smith is not put under enough pressure because people like you say <laughs> it's all structural Italian rugby, whereas I go, I don't think he's a very good coach. Why is no one saying that? Yeah, all right, he may not be a very good coach, but I don't know how you'd attract a very, very good coach other than chucking tonnes of money at them. Exactly, tonnes of money. Which is not a great business model. This is what they need. This is what they need. They need <laughs> to host the World Cup. That's what they need. And that, that would be... That would be. I don't. I don't mean. I don't think they've even applied to host the World Cup. Mm. I don't think they've even been in the mix ever to host the World Cup. That would be good. That's what they need. They need to host the World Cup, and they need to focus over four years and sort this out. And I feel terrible about saying this, as you know. But loads of people need to host a World Cup because the thing is, we'd be doing it to Italy to try and increase things. I mean, this is what annoys me. The French shouldn't have got the 2023 World Cup. Ireland should have got the 2023 World Cup. The Irish people would turn up in huge numbers. There is huge passion in Ireland for sport in general, considering their weather's awful. Yeah. You would have packed ground. So that's a tough thing. We want to give it to Italy to improve rugby. I mean, Japan deserved it because they were on the up and there's huge enthusiasm. I mean, Japanese fans were amazing. Mm. Between, like, turning up in uh, other teams' shirts and stuff. And the Irish would do that. They would love that. Yeah. And I think it's so wrong that France got the 2023 World Cup. If I can make that point very, very late... Anyway, France-Wales. Yeah, well, we should really talk about this game because it's probably one of the best games of the Six Nations ever. What can you say? I mean, Jesus, Wales looked like they had it and they really did play well. Yeah. And for a team that's been really, really lucky, <laughs> let's be honest, through the Six Nations, and I don't mean that, well, I kind of do mean it a bit disparaging, yeah, but it's not their fault. Mm. They just play what was in front of them. But this is the game where you really thought, right, how good are Wales? And they look really, really good. Can I make another slightly Musilia point? Yes. Now we can really hear the players sing during the anthems. Yeah. It's destroyed yeah. my view that Welshmen can all sing. The great singer from our year who's made a massive career in musical theatre is Welsh. Right. The best singer in comedy, I reckon, the best comedian who's also a singer, I think is Rob Brydon. Oh, yeah. Rob Brydon sings beautifully. Yeah. It is weird the way the Welsh can sing, but their rugby players are just as crap as anybody else that's singing. It's weird, isn't it? Sorry. Well, just... it's probably not the first thing on their minds, you know, like belting out the song. It's quite an emotional <laughs> investment, isn't it, to sing that at the top of your lungs with real passion. They're about to play an international rugby game. Anyway, let's keep on this game. I'm getting on a rant. Come on. This is the weird thing. Wales played the best they've played in the Six Nations and lost. Mm. It makes no sense. Well, they could have won. They were controlling the game. They could have won that game. Louis Rees-Summit. <sighs> that try. Extraordinary finish in the corner. I mean, that's like millimetres, isn't it? I know. If he'd have just gone the other side, then they'd have been well clear. Well, clear enough, you know? Even without that, I watched the game on catch-up because I missed it. I was working on Saturday night, doing a gig. You were drunk. No, I wasn't. I was doing a gig. We stopped 
fucking doing evening games in rugby because some of us are comedians who work. Well, it's the only one they've had, but go on. They're 10 points up, 13 minutes to go, mm. and they've got France down to 14 men after Will Emps got sent off, didn't he, for the eye-gouging thing. Yeah. And I'm sitting watching the game, knowing that they lose, yeah. going, how do Wales lose? And all these Six Nations, I've gone, Wales find a, w- a way to win. Yeah. They find a way to get through it when the chips are down, they find a way. And they've managed to find a way to lose. And France, who we think of as flaky and panicky and 13 minutes to go and they're 10 points down, are not a side that hang in there. That's the thing, isn't it? It's what annoys me about this game so much. I've got angry with rugby. No one did what you could predict. I mean, you said 10 points up Wales with a man sent off for France. Yeah. And Wales managed to fuck it up. And it was so un-Welsh, I thought, in terms of rugby. And it was weird, wasn't it? It was one of those things where France were sort of edging towards the 22 and they just got closer and closer. And you're yeah. like, oh, no, oh, no. And that's how Wales must have been feeling. I mean, that's a huge thing, though, isn't it? That's Talk about pressure situation. They are, what, 30 seconds away from winning a Grand Slam. Mm. And then France were just relentless. They must know at that point, all the pressure's on Wales. All the pressure is on Wales. No, but hold on. Think about the last few minutes where literally the thinking goes, I'm I'm quite animated about it, sorry. But they're chucking it about, they're in the red, as soon as they drop that ball or knock on, the game's over for the Mm. French, and they're still Mm. chucking it about, and psychologically, they're so sorted. That's quite un-French, isn't it? I know. To be able to still be that cool under that sort of pressure. I know. But that's why you would have to say now France, you know, one of the best sides in the world, and England beat them. Let's not forget that. Well, they are they such a great side? Because the thing is, they're not good at stopping other people playing. They bring out the best in everybody. They bring out the best in the Welsh, the best in the English. Oh, yeah. Everybody plays great against France. So they obviously... No, I mean, that's the thing. You up your game against the good sides, don't you? You play what's in front of you and you have to up your game. Those are the games that you target. Yeah. And I just... It's like when England played France and you thought, right, well, this would be a springboard. Mm. But I just... You know, they just couldn't get themselves up against Ireland because they just thought, oh, we beat Ireland all the time, you know. So they just sort of... <laughs> no, their, took, I don't believe that's the gas. That's, I don't <laughs> see that's so rubbish. There is no way an England team ever goes to Dublin going, oh, well, yeah, we'll do this. It'll be easy. They just don't. Uh, we, I've got nothing to play for. It's a dead rubber. Don't worry about it. Don't see, worry about <laughs> it. It's just... Yeah. See, that's the terrible story of the English. Another point, I'm into all sorts of points that I thought... That people being held up after they've gone over the line. Yeah. I'm, I've thought up another exciting idea. This is how it improved rugby. Well, because you don't like that rule. Holding up, but players are too... They're t- basically, they're in better condition than they've ever been, so they're really strong. Mm. So players are good at holding mm. people up. And also they're learning it in training. I say, get rid of the grounding. We go American football. <laughs> All you have to do is get the ball over the Why? line. You don't Why? have to Why? ground the ball. Why? Because Why? there'd be more Why? tries. Why? It's crap Thanks. to see a player. Gareth Davis <laughs> scores and gets held up by Olivon. It's a beautiful little move. <laughs> Olivon manages to turn him. It's just a crap way of ruining the well, game. Well, that's the beautiful thing about rules, isn't it, How That, like, if you know, you have rules there, so you have to adhere to them. So you have to get the ball on the ground and then... Yeah, but, but why? Should, they should probably do away with tackling and no, passing. No, but, no, but just, seriously, why not just the have game. the ball pass over the line? Why not just... You just have to get over... Uh, over the line you don't have to get because it because you've ground. got to ground the ball that's the rules that's the rules of the game and and they have playing now to find ways of disrupting players yeah. grounding the ball and that's that is a skill another skill that's been learned the team has managed to get that ball over the line they've managed to get it over the line rugby players have become good at it so just abandon the law yeah 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 but great. it's not. I don't great. think it's a bit. We've idea. seen so great many idea. changes in rugby. We've seen different points awarded for, you know, tries. We've seen all sorts of liftings now allowed in the line. All you have to do is get that ball over the line. You don't have to ground it. 
I can see from your silence that you're thinking, I actually think this is quite wise. No, I don't think it's wise at all. I, 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 it's, it's like you, you have to ground the ball. That's that's exciting. It's, it's exciting. boring to see a player go over the line and see him turn <laughs> or to have people, you go, they've earned that. They've earned that try. They've got it over the Oh, no, they're held up. No. It's rubbish. No, if, it's not... if, no because if it's Wales coming at England and Mario Tejo gets his great big mitt under the ball and stops the ball from being grounded, I'm like, yes, well done, Mario. <laughs> yes. They've just got so good at defence apart from Italy. They've got so good at defence. Mm. They are trained to get themselves underneath. You see people preparing for it. I know. And they're strong. They're so strong. They can hold people. Honestly, I just think I've said I've never heard this said on a podcast. No, this is very controversial. I think I'm really edgy and interesting it's because it's this week. Nuts. I really That's why. I'm edgy. I've said Eddie Jones goes to Italy and for God's sake, get rid of the grounding of the ball. Yes. And get rid of tackling. No, but, well, you, no, know, but they, you should just be able to chuck the ball over the post as well rather than <laughs> kick it. No, no, but honestly, that thing, you could just... Have, and also, players could do all sorts of interesting things like they do in American football when they score. You know, yeah, they just do that sort of hold the ball and spiking the ball. Yes, exactly. You're thinking of the commercial aspect of the game, selling it to the Far East. That's <laughs> exactly. what you're... That's what you, you're a commercial business mind. I, honestly, I'm so sure that I'm right on this. I bet you this happens. Again, I bet you two okay. things. I'm, I'm, I hate making predictions. Well, you need to put a time frame on this. Of all the laws in rugby, this is the one area I think they will not touch. That's my prediction. I think it's quite soon because I think it's getting annoying. We've got three or four <laughs> tries being held up every game. <laughs> How many were held up in the France-Wales game? Three, three tries? I bet yeah, you good. in the next good. five years... Good in the defense. Next, in the next five years, we get rid of grounding of the ball. That's I'm being controversial here because I'm sure it's accelerated a lot recently, hasn't it? This no. holding up players. It seems feels to me like it's much more than it was a few years ago. Yeah, well, it's a new skill that they've learned and it's a technique, yes. Yeah. I, I, they, they are not going to get rid of grounding of the ball. They're not going to do that. It should not be a defensive tactic that you find ways to get underneath the ball to stop it being grounded. You should, I mean... Why? I, because Why because they can do it. I just think it makes the... I just think it makes the game crap and rubbish and I think everybody agrees with me and can we have put more people writing in please right Twitter poll because I'm saying so many fascinating things yeah really good ideas you know really <laughs> progressive yes excellent ideas anyway but well played France well played France against Wales yeah. and bad luck Wales because you did play very very well and you know and it would have been a very unlikely Grand Slam wouldn't it? And it would have been a very bizarre Grand Slam. It would have been earned in the end, but Wales often team to do that. A, a lot of their Grand Slams, you go, Wales aren't tipped and they have a tight first few games and they start finding their rhythm. And I think they really did. I worry that psychologically they've damaged themselves by losing this game. I think you will look back and go, how did we not get a Grand Slam? We were that How did that happen? And... France will take a massive boost from having won that. Yeah, I think they will. But you could have said the same against England last week and then when they had to, had to go to Dublin, they were like... Oh. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I can't be bothered. You know, we do the sort of games and then we talk issues. I think we've had issues spin off the games. I agree. So you can have five minutes now to talk about Saracens at the weekend. Yes. Here we go. I'll just have a quick sleep. Sarri's men had a week off. The Sarri's women were playing. I don't know how much women's rugby you've watched, Dan. Quite a bit, actually. But I am really getting into women's rugby because mm. I hadn't seen much before. And also I'm doing that thing of because I'm doing this show for Sarri's, I'm meeting lots of the players. You're the voice of, Z- You're the voice of Saracens. Yeah, but I've yeah. met now about... Five or six, four or five. They must be over the moon players. that you're the voice of Saracens. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm the voice of Saracens. Um, <laughs> I'm not the voice of Saracens. I just presented this little silly show called The Huddle. It's, it's you know, making me watch all the women's games, but I've really enjoyed them. There is no reason why women's rugby and women's football isn't bigger than it is, apart from just changing people's habits. Saracens women are, like all Saracens teams, the best. They've won the Premier 15s title in 2018, 2019. Last season was abandoned, but who was top of the table? Saracens was top of the table. And now Exeter Chiefs have created a team in the last sort of year and a half, and they're doing their first season, and Exeter Chiefs are playing really well. So it's a massive, tight game for Saris. They were 21-10 down at half-time Saracens with two players having gone to the bin. Wow. And they were so cool. Second half, came back, big defence, big pressure. They're just fantastic. It's slightly slower in terms of rugby. It's just as physical, though. Just as intense, isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, women's rugby, the handoff, there's some great people, great handoffs of women's rugby that you don't see as much in men's rugby. I'm not sure why. Mm. And also it feels, women's rugby feels a little bit more old school, though they claim it's not. But to me, it feels like they're more respectful of the ref. Yeah. You don't feel like there's the same questioning of the ref. There's not as much fighting, but... (laughs) They claim there is still lots of underhand stuff. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. I bet there is, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. You don't see the silly sort of handbags that you see in men's rugby. You don't see the yeah. grabbing of play and, and all that standoff. And maybe it's just because 
deep down, Dan, it's a sexist it's point in a pro a way. Point. Women are just more grown up than men. They're just more mm. grown up and they just know it's mm. pathetic to be grabbing each other and trying and getting in each other's faces. I watch women's boxing as well and I think it's oh. just as good as men's boxing. Like Katie Taylor and Delphine Passoon. Like I don't mm. know if you saw that fight, but it was no. absolutely brutal, mm. right? And it, it was just and fast and sharp and excellent fighting. And I said to my dad, did you see that Katie Taylor fight? And he says, oh, no, I cannot watch women's boxing. I can't do it. I cannot do it because of, he just can't. He's, he used to box himself, so he's like, yeah. he knows how brutal it is and he can't imagine women putting themselves in that position. You know, I don't know if that's the same view that people would take on you know, women's rugby. I think you you have to just look beyond that, and it's just the skill of the game and the same competitive, you know, game as the men's game. To see women being very physical and very aggressive, and it does challenge our traditional view of what women should be yeah. and what men should be. And the truth is we're hopefully reaching a society where there is no what women or men yeah. should be. Yeah. There is only yeah, what I they think. are, what they want to be. Did you watch any other club games this weekend? Um, I don't think I did, actually. I don't think I watched any club games. It's very unusual. Quinns continue to be fantastic. They're doing very well, aren't they, Quinns? They went 24-0 up. Gloucester came back to make it 24-all. And then Quinns ran away and won 59-24. So ah. I don't know if Quinns are going to be rubbish once all the internationals come back. They're just enjoying everybody being weakened. Yeah. I mean, they arguably, Quinns have got a load of international players in their team now. Yeah, who aren't getting picked. They should be playing for England or, you know, certainly their home nation. Mm. I mean, you can think Marcus Smith, Don Brandt and Joe Marler. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. But there must be more. There must be more. Danny Kerr. There, uh, yeah. Hugo Monia was saying on BT Sport, whatever it was, he said Danny Kerr is still one of the best nines in the Premier League. And, and he was talking about him as a lion. Yeah. A lion, Danny Kerr. Exeter, they beat Leicester 47-31. Exeter were running away. They were 28 nil up. Bonus points by 35 minutes, Exeter. Right. And then... Leicester pulled their socks up. Leicester came back at them second half. I want Leicester to be good again. I want them to be challenging top four. Well, they're getting good again. Yeah, but I want them to be up there like they were in my youth. They're on their way. Very quickly, Bath, Worcester. Bath? This is another one. Someone went, Bath went 40 nil up, I think. Yeah, they were 40 nil at half time. Oh 40 points to nil. Who are they playing? Worcester. Against Worcester. Worcester came back, won the second half. 47-22. Bath only scored one more try after that. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised, man. You'd take your foot off the gas, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, you're 40 nil up. I don't know. I'm fed up with it. Psychologically, yeah. I think you you forgive the taking the foot off the gas. Yeah, I do. But I think Bath are. We're talking about the old clubs. Mm. Bath and Leicester are coming back. They're both being really good. Wasps have won for the first time in about fifty games. They sneaked a win at Newcastle. Oh yes. And somebody yes. got second eye gouging. You know there was eye gouging in the France-Wales yes, game? Yes, I saw that on Sam Bennett, wasn't it? That, that was really weird because it looked really, really like he was going for his eyes, didn't it? I saw that one. Sorry, you were talking about the Newcastle Wasps thing? Yeah, on the Wasps winger. Yeah, oh, so I can't remember the name of the player. And it was weird. But also, what about the France? Paul Villemps got sent off for the eye gouging on Wynne Jones, I think. He's got his hand and he's grabbing his head, which is wrong. Why would players deliberately go for eyes? It does seem a nasty... I know, man. It might be the heat of the moment or something, but it's like you think you can get away with it. But if you surely if you've got your head or your hand around someone's face, you know your hand is, don't you? 
I mean, you know, surely. Also, if you're trying to pull their head over, the eye socket is a good place to get yeah, some it's purchase. A good old grip. So <laughs> when, no, yeah. exactly. So my point is, I don't think it is. So what you're us. forgiving him? You, you yes. Think, yes. Yes. Because the only place where you can grab someone to pull. You're so good for the game, Al. <laughs> All these lovely the only, parents listening to this. The only no, I place, think it's fine. The only place where you can pull the head over or do it, if you want to pull something out of the way, if you've got their head, yeah, the only place you're going to get any purchase is the eye socket. So I'm sorry. Oh, the eye socket or the other thing you can do is pulling hair. That's fine as well. Do you know what, by the way, did I tell you there was a yellow card for Saris? May Campbell, the Saris in the Saracens women's game, she got done for pulling hair. And that's hard in the women's game because they've got so many bunches and so, it's too easy to grab hair. And if you're desperate to do something... I remember Chris Ashton, he got done for pulling uh, Tuolangi, Alessandro Tuolangi's oh. hair because he had cornrows, didn't he? Yes. And he said it was completely and utterly... A total accident. Yeah. He said, you just, it's all instinct. You know, You're just <laughs> grabbing at whatever you can get. Yeah. And I think it's, by the way, if you ever watch that, can I mention again, Saracens Women's Rugby, May Campbell, the hooker for Saracens, is the poshest front row player I've ever come across. Really? She's fantastically Hello, posh. Yeah. Not like Brian Moore. She, no, she was like a pundit on the game four. And she's honestly so, well, that was marvellous. And we really, and she's a really good, she's like <laughs> five foot one, really brutal. She scores a lot of tries from like sort of, you know, malls and things where she goes to the back of the mall and does the hooker thing after a line, you know, the line-out catch and drive. Yeah. And she's little and brilliant and posh, so posh. I've just never come across anybody that posh. You don't see that sort of posh person in the game anymore. So it's lovely to see posh people coming back you into... You must rug- at home, how? I was very... Well, no, but you think I'm posh. She was like... <laughs> My sister, my my sister's posher than me, just because she's been more of a sort of actress environment. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. May Campbell's like that. It's just so it was so well. It was a marvelous game. We push over try was fantastic, and I thought we played magnificently. It was just lovely. <laughs> also, another thing for Newcastle Wasps, Alfie Barbary was back or Barbary, but Alfie, yeah, Alfie, and he actually Barbary. turned to the camera at one point and went, "It's fucking Alfie, Dan, <laughs> not Archie. Stop calling me Archie," <laughs> um, which you did in our last <laughs> podcast. Oh, North Northampton, Bristol. Bristol have to win. I hope they do. Bristol are so... They've got so many players out with the internationals, Bristol. And and they still managed to grab a last-minute win. Still doing it. They were 21-14 down with 74 minutes to play. Harry Randall hasn't played a minute of rugby for, like, what's it, six weeks or something like that? Neither has uh, Paolo Adogwu. No. Uh, Yeah, there's a a load of those players that... Uh, in the England squad that just they're just I don't know what are they doing holding tackle bags who knows who knows maybe they're just not ready yeah a dog who's been a massive loss for Wasps maybe the reason Wasps won by the way I know that's the thing it's such a shame for Wasps but yeah. you know Joe Launchbury was back yes Joe Launchbury was back and that was one of the reasons oh yeah now this is games coming back to me I did watch that game oh yeah because <laughs> he held the ball up over the line and they said no no you didn't no you didn't Oh, and, you quite, and he quite clearly did. Yeah, but also that's put me off Joe Launchbury because I'm now on this drive to stop the... That's why we have to just carry the ball over the line and not ground it anymore and change the that's rules. That's put you off him. Just because it's players deliberately... That's the rule and I did it. And He actually stood back... Trying to stop the other team from scoring. Yes! He didn't throw himself in to drive the ball back. He actually prepared himself to get underneath and stop the try. And that's <laughs> yes. cynical. That's not in the spirit of the game, and that's why we cannot ground the ball anymore. Madness! You cannot prepare to put yourself under the ball to stop the grounding of a ball. It's just, Yes, you can! I know you can, but it's just what makes the game terrible. And I love Joe Launchbury. doesn't make it terrible. But I think he was ro- he's wrong to do that. <laughs> oh, my God! Anyway... 
Bristol Bears winning that game at Saints at Northampton, to me, is why they're going to win. They're going to win the Premiership this year because they weren't at their best. I can't disagree. They were massively lost. Loads of players out. They found a way to win. And Northampton are no, you know, they're not rubbish at home. They're very, very good. And they are, what, they're fifth or sixth in the table. They're a good challenging side. So I just think Bristol have it all. Having said that, it's going to be an extra Bristol final. Sale beat London Irish 41-13. Alex Sanderson doing very well. Who crazed him? Who made him a great coach? Sarri's made him a great coach. Anyway, so now we still have Scotland-France. Everybody's forgetting that we still have a Scotland-France game next week. Oh, yes. There's one more game. One more game. I mean, who knows? Well, it'd be nice if Scotland ended on another win. Like two bookends of like England and France. But... I can't see it happening. I think Scotland will really turn up. I really do. I don't... I No, I do think they will. If I'd have said Scotland are going to smash France, you'd have said, I just don't think they've got enough in the tank for France. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what's your prediction for Scotland-France? I think Scotland will really play well. I think France will feel great about the way they finish that game against Wales. I think it's going to be a cracker. <laughs> it's going to be a well, cracker. Well, that's nice. That's a nice way to... That's good. That's unlike you. But I'm setting myself up for coming back all angry again next week, like I have done today. Good, good, good. That's very good, yeah. So I think Franco Smith should resign for Italy. Yeah. Eddie Jones goes to Italy, leaves England. Uh, Wales, well done. Wales are on a good thing. I think Ireland... Pat Lamb becomes the England coach. Yeah, Pat Lamb becomes the England coach. Ireland are on a good thing, but with this proviso... With there's still a lot of ageing players who are still performing, but how long can Sexton go on for and Murray? And CJ Stander retired out of the blue. CJ Stander's going. That was bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, about money, isn't it? I think he's going back to make no, money. No, he's giving the game up. Oh, is he? He's going back to the Velt. Yeah, become a farmer. No, but he'll go back and play in South Africa, won't he? He'll go and no, play he's, club rugby. he's going to become a farmer. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's quite he's giving nice. giving up the game, all forms of the game he's, he's retiring from. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Sorry, I've, you've yeah. done more homework than me, sorry. Oh, yeah, I often do. But I don't shout about it. No. Unlike you with your notes. I came in feeling wired and angry and just frustrated about nothing going right. And then nothing's changed. You came into this world like that, though, didn't you? (laughs) I did slightly. (laughs) But I will say France-Scotland close. Close. It'll be like France-Wales. Scotland will come out feeling they played probably the best rugby of the tournament and they'll probably still lose. Is Finn Russell injured? No, I think he'll be back. I think he had a head injury thing. He was injured, but I think he has to do a head injury assessment. Okay, but I think that would make a big difference mm. to Scotland if Finn Russell's playing because he plays in France. He'll be he'll feel very comfortable against the French and he'll have, he'll have a big say in the game if he's playing. It's been a lovely week, Dan. <laughs> It has been a lovely week. It's been a lovely session. I feel just angry now, so I'm going to go and be angry for the rest of the day. Go and have another Mars milk. Cheer yourself. (laughs) Have a very good week. You too. Keep going with your diet. Mine's not going so well. And uh, good luck, Scotland. Yeah, good luck, Scotland. Please get in touch with us, please, to discuss some of the finer points of this podcast. RugbyJubbly at DLTEntertainment.com. Twitter at JubblyRugby. Instagram at Rugby Jubbly Podcast. Thank you. Please, please, thank you. Okay, have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.